Hey guys, it's Christina. This is Vox and Guest, and I am joined by three quarters of Pronghorn. Say hi, guys. Hello. Hello. Hello, everybody. Ah. I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, I love that view. That's a great view. Nima is just, that was so, that was very metal, actually. You just had like knives the, and I scissors. Wanted, yeah, and I want the knives back. <laughs> just carry them around the whole time. That's it. We're, we're. <laughs> We're starting okay. off strong. There you go. You've just in, endeared yourself more to the metal community. But um, so, yeah. Perfect. So why don't you guys introduce yourselves quickly. Tell everybody what you do in the band and then we can get going. They're going to want you to start, oh. Justin. You know it. Okay. Yeah. I'm Justin <laughs> Colvin. I'm the lead singer of the Pronghorn. And I write all the songs originally. Um, these guys write the songs. I also play rhythm guitar. There you go. Okay. Hi, I'm Nima, and I play guitar in this band. I've played with Justin for over ten years now in this project, mm -hmm. and yeah, I make it. I make it psychedelic. <laughs> yes, you do. All right, and you know it's your and turn now. Yeah, I'm Rufus. I I play the bass and the pronghorn, and <laughs> <laughs> I play the thud staff, as Mike Watt would say. Ooh, I like that. The thud staff. That's that's both very Tolkien-esque and kind of funky at the same time. I like that. So, And then we are unfortunately not joined by drummer Devin, but uh, I'm sure you guys will represent Devin in, in his stead. Devin right? and I started the band in his living room in Wilmington, North Carolina. In oh, yeah. No, we're, we're getting all that. Don't you yeah. worry. But before we do that... Um, I don't think you guys know this, so this is going to come as a little bit of a surprise, but I do begin every interview with a really intense and personal question. I feel like it Ooh. sets the tone, you know, it opens things up like a flower or a co-ed, I don't know, and, and it, it makes everybody <laughs> want to just be more real. So this is it, you guys just gird your loins, okay, be honest, dig deep, okay, this is my question for you. You are required to choose to make one of the following things public, either your entire internet search history or your entire camera roll on your phone. Which one are you choosing to make public and why? <laughs> I told easy. You. That's, it's easy. Okay. My, internet search, my internet search history. Oh, why? Do you, do you clear it all the time? Oh, I've I've been uh, I, I'm the type who is since, since the dawn of my interneting, always used a pseudonym, always used private browsing, separate You're partitioning my accounts. I've so, yeah. Okay. I have no. You can have my search history. Okay, I could make this. No, no, we have you know crack team of IT people who yes. can access it. So. That's I'm going to do that because fuck it. Why not? So if, <laughs> please if, do. if all of your best <laughs> efforts were and, and everything, every little dirty secret, which would you choose? Still internet search history or camera roll? Yeah, still internet search okay. history. Okay. All right. I don't still. know what is going on on your camera roll, Rufus, but I'm real curious now. All right. I who's next? I that camera roll. You don't want to see it. Okay. Yeah, so Nima, man. You're, go you're, going, you're, going with, you're going with which one, Nima? I'm gonna go with. I mean, honestly, I'm I'm good with either, mostly, but I'll say camera roll. Okay. Okay. All right, camera Justin. I'll say camera roll. That's gonna be difficult to explain <laughs> to a few people, but the internet search history is gonna be difficult to explain to the whole world. Okay. <laughs> gotcha. All right. It would be really funny if all of your 
photos on all of your camera rolls were just photos of each other's internet search histories. And then what would we even do? <laughs> what would we even do? All right. So this is, this is, we're, we're, we're keeping some things close to the vest. I got it. Okay. Nobody completely cried and said neither. So I guess there's, there's some <laughs> dignity left in the band, but okay. So, um, all right. Now that we've gotten the main thing out of the way, we'll talk about the music or whatever. But so, it, um, is having, wait, is having dignity the same or as having no shame <laughs> you said there's Ooh, dignity left that's a good question that may be i may have to i may have to keep that for another opener for a different band i like that one is dignity the same thing as having no shame i don't think it is i don't think well, it is <laughs> it comes from the same place <laughs> okay. in your heart it's the same thing all right <laughs> i got it rufus rufus is a rufus is a surgeon i got it all right you you want the exact explanation so all right so you guys um you know defining pronghorn and the sound of pronghorn is a little bit of a moving target i know when you started you were more straightforward like a hard rock kind of band and then moved into this more psychedelic stoner desert rock kind of feel but now you got the what are you calling it gothic grunge funk you're just yes. all, it's like it's genre soup so i mean i think but the funny thing is that all of that is actually completely accurate so i can't be mad at you for it <laughs> um i really can't and um i i think that um you guys um I, I was really looking forward to having you on the show for a variety of reasons. One is that I love your music, but also just because Justin, you on social media are hilarious. You make me laugh all the time. You're it's borderline shit posting the stuff that you do. And I love it. Like it's so <laughs> funny. So I'm sure we're going to have a good time, but before we get into any of that, I like to go in the way back machine. I would like to hear from each of you, how you got into music in the first place, not pronghorn, not the band. Like I'm talking the, the little baby versions of you guys or teenage versions, of you guys, whatever. Like how did you guys discover that you were musicians in the first place? Um, Mima's I, taking us on a tour. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Who's going to take it first? I'll sure. go first. All right. I went to a fish show and it was all over. You saw what? I went to a fish concert and it was all over. Okay. How old were you? <laughs> I was 16, I think, maybe. Okay. We had a we had a handful of mushrooms, and it blew our minds. He's talking portobellos, like, guys. Portobellos. What I want to fucking do? I want to control everybody like they're controlling everybody. Okay. <laughs> so fish was the gateway drug. Okay. Absolutely. So you you got turned on completely by a fairly psychedelic-ish kind of jam band situation. For sure. This does not stun me in the. <laughs> <laughs> were you were you already playing guitar at the time or any instrument? I had a guitar, but it was like I wasn't really into it as much. I was like, kind of seemed like it was all MTV type. Like, I to me at the time seemed like douchebaggy, like rockers, which is what I am now, I guess. <laughs> so, <laughs> but anyway, that wasn't appealing to me, and it was like, fine. It, was, it was cool, it was great, but I was like, I didn't. It didn't like, I didn't feel the need to be there. But seeing these four like dorks on stage, I'm talking about fish now, yeah. controlling 20,000. <laughs> He's talking about me. 
know. So, but, okay, but I'm so like, you, man, you, I want to be one of those doors. You and did, you me. did play guitar though. At that point, you just weren't super into it. I mean, I owned a guitar. I think I've taken a handful of lessons, but I wouldn't, you know, I, I don't, I wouldn't call myself a guitar player at that time. Okay, okay. So how did that come to be that you even owned a guitar and took lessons? Was that something that your parents wanted you to do? Is that you, or it just was like a thing? You're like, I don't friends know. had it in school, you know, I okay. think a couple of other friends had guitars and stuff okay. and like played keyboards or whatever. And see, like when in those days, like being in a being in band in school, I'm talking like band for school wasn't like yeah. a cool thing. So, <laughs> Is it now? You know, like, like no. Yeah, I think <laughs> I don't it's think more it. now, I think. I don't think they get at least I don't think they're the I don't know. I don't know. I wouldn't I don't, I don't know about that. I, I don't I don't think band geek is the panty peeler you think it is at this point either. I think <laughs> I think it's pretty I was a band geek and I know that we were not cool then and I I don't think it's cool now. I think when you're in the rock band or whatever that you know like the sort of disaffected, you know, extra band director has on the side or whatever like that thing cuz that's in every single high school ever. Like that's cooler. Band, band, yeah. not so sure. Everybody should still do it though, kids. Do band, kids. But okay, so okay. you you had a guitar, you were not in love, but Fish changed everything. Yeah, I mean, after that show, okay. I was like, holy, and you know, they, like they make, their sound is so unique. It's not yes. like, you know, you leave that show and you've heard, I mean, I heard sounds that I don't think I'd ever heard at that point in my life. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck are these guys, how is this even happening with these four people? <laughs> So okay. it, I mean, it had to, had to go to school. I, I mean, I had to go to like music school to be able to like even try and get my head around it. Those guys are ridiculous musicians. Okay, so fish it is. All right, so, who's next? Uh, Rufus. Oh, I had a question for Nima on that. Sure, yeah, go unless ahead. you want to, unless you want to keep around table moving. <laughs> well, yeah, you know. Go for it. So, so if you weren't into playing guitar yet. What made what brought you to the fish show? Just so my friend's older sister was. She told us one day. She's like, "Hey, there's this band coming around." She knew that we were already like smoking pot and stuff, and she was like, <laughs> "You guys should go see this show." She she was like again maybe three or four years older than us. She's like, "You guys are gonna love this show. You should go to this show." So we all like, and I'm talking like oh. 10 or 15 of us. So it was women and all, drugs. That's like, what got into the show. That's what does everything. We each other at fish shows. We're like, you know, we'll be across the world. We'll run them to each other still. And we're like, hey, man, what's up? You know, maybe not across the world, across the country. We don't go to fish tours across the world. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So women and women and drugs and, and, and probably some sort of vehicle brought you to the fish show and then that changed your whole life. Okay. All right. Rufus, yeah. Rufus, talk to me. What about you? <laughs> I mean, I don't know that I remember like a turning point. I think, uh, I, I, since I was little, always, uh, I was born in the seventies. I remember, in kindergarten figuring what I how I would have dressed myself as ripped jeans and a leather jacket and my you know that was kind of verboten in the little in country hamlet I, I just always I always that was the aesthetic that was the vibe that was what cool was always cool to me yeah and I just and I think since it wasn't really allowed for a little kid in the, at that in the, <laughs> it, you know I was generally you're supposed to be in granimals at that point I think when you're so five it, <laughs> Yeah. So it automatically made me want it more. 
You're a rebel. Right? You're a rebel. It, uh, I, I, I was surrounded by like, you know, I had uncles who were in the Hells Angels and I, we had people who built their own cars and, you know, okay. I used to go to, it was, so the culture I think was always there with, with the periphery, but with my mom and dad were like kind of the, the straight laced of the, of their families. Okay. So, uh, so I always wanted that. So music, we'll get closer to music at some point along being a little kid, you know, acoustic guitar shows up in the house and I'm just, you just beat on it. The music around me was uh, not really what I was into, but it was all I knew. I was raised on country music, you know? Okay. And AM 70s and, you know, what's now called Yacht Rock. And, and uh, you know, uh, I was listening to like like a John Ford Coley and, and Air Supply and stuff when I was, a, you know. In your little talk- leather jacket and your jeans. Well, like- <laughs> that's what I wanted to. But, you know, I listened to my mom's records, man. And, yeah. and, and my dad was a sailor. And we were, you know, just my mom and I. And like, and like small uh, military housing and on the edge of off base. And wow. we had that. So I'd lay on the floor with these giant, you know, 70s curly Q massive headphones and my mom would just put records on to keep me occupied while she okay. did stuff because I was like, yeah. just, you know, give her a break and I would just lay on the floor and you could remember the record players where you could stack multiple di- on, on a thing and you'd play a side and the next one would drop and you'd play that record. And the next oh, wow. Disc- okay. So. That was you. She. So I was just raised in my mother's music, you know, and uh, fall asleep with headphones on. Okay. And I, I think, you know, discovering punk rock was the point that really charged me to want to play music okay. was then like, cause I was kind of, uh, I was always an outsider, not, not by choice. When I was a kid, I was kind of like, I mean, the little girls would pick on me. I was, I was t- elementary school was tough for me. And, uh, yeah, Elementary school and middle school suck. Let's just call it what it is. Like they're yeah, just and, they're and brutal. Too, it's brutal. Middle high school, school man. High school sucked too. Oh, I, I had a, I had high school dialed in. Okay. But middle school, man, by middle school, I discovered the sex pistols and black Sabbath. Okay. <laughs> you know, so, and then, so, so and that was the end. to air supply, but not quite the same thing. <laughs> a little you bit. Know, I, en- little bit I enjoyed. I enjoyed music and I knew all the Merle Haggard of the day. But when I heard when you know, really Black Sabbath and the Sex Pistols were the two things that just blew my lid, you know, and the, the early Sabbath albums and and that was it. Then it was like I must I must play guitar. Okay. Okay. That 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 is not a bad way to get started. That's uh that that is you've you've mentioned uh, some favorites around here, but all right, Justin, what about you? Uh, well, my I think my first effort to express myself musically was um, in second grade and I went to St. James Catholic School wearing a bright red Michael Jackson jacket covered in zippers and was thoroughly berated. <laughs> I was going to say that that can't have gone well for you my friend. No, no. <laughs> You're seven years old and you walk in like and they're going to be yeah. like no. I thought so, it was okay. so damn cool. I was like yes I finally have this. And Let's go show it off, and that didn't go well. Aww. So um, I realized the only place I could wear that jacket was when I was on vacation in California. That's when, that's where people thought it was cool. That made me want to move to California. Okay. But, uh, 
I ended up in the St. James Junior or St. James Junior High jazz band as a saxophone player. Okay. And that you know, the the uh, regular band was not cool, but the jazz band was kind of cool. I got to play a lot of solos, and I got a, a tenor sax from New Orleans from a trip down there, and so I really kind of put a lot of time into saxophone. Okay. But uh, when I was in fifth grade, my my dad surprised me and got me tickets to a White Snake concert for my birthday. <laughs> Whoa! Okay. So my first concert ever. I was ten years old. And I went and saw Great White open for White Snake. That was my first uh, sport into like the rock concert life, and I, I was blown away by it. And then I didn't go to another concert until I was in high school, and my first concert in high school was Primus, and that was okay. so <laughs> weird. It was totally different. And it yeah, was I would say so. It had a really cool like multimedia show that went with the concert, and okay. I was blown away by the weirdness of it. And I ended up seeing them over and over again in high school. Okay. And uh, just started going to concerts constantly. I didn't learn how to play guitar until I was 21. Oh, okay. Okay. So, and what, what, what ultimately was that just sort of like, you know, the sax is not panning out in the bands that yeah. I want to be in? Kind of yeah, it, just, it wasn't the kind of music I wanted to play. Yeah. And then I took a, I took a guitar class in college because I thought it would be a blow-off class. And instead, it was like one of my hardest classes. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and, but they forced me to buy a guitar for the class. So I learned how to play it. And I think like the first time I played Wonderwall for a girl, I realized the power of it. <laughs> it had to be Wonderwall, didn't yes. it? It absolutely <laughs> had to. I think you were legally required at that point when yeah. you had a guitar and it was that time that you had to be on a grassy knoll somewhere, just wooing some girl with Wonderwall. Always play a popular song like Wonderwall. So you don't have to sing or learn the words. Today is gonna be the day that they're gonna throw it back to you. By now you should somehow realize what you gotta do. And you, you've done it. You're the meme, Justin. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay. you. So, okay, so it is a combination of sartorial choices and, Ooh, nice and concerts and um, for Nima, at least some mushrooms and a chick. Yeah. Um, so, all right, so you guys found your way, and then I know that, um, so you and Devin, Justin, were in Turno Slicko together, yes. right? Yes. Okay. Uh, and was, so, yeah. We started that band in 2002, back when I was in the Marine Corps, and that was sort of our, like, secret band that we used to fight the power, because <laughs> our day jobs were so miserable. It was three, it was, uh, three Marine Corps officers and Devin. Okay. So we, like, my guitar player, bass player, and I, we were all roommates in Turner Slicko, and we just started playing in the garage band together, and then it kind of turned serious. And so we went through a couple of drummers, and then we found Devin. Yeah. And started playing in the Wilmington music scene. Right. That's and so then, and then you guys, what? That broke up how long? That broke up, that broke up in 2005. Right. When, okay. Because uh, the guys in Turner Slicko, we all got out of the Marine Corps with. We had a bunch of money saved up, so for like a year and a half, we just lived large and just played music. Okay. And it was cool, but then that kind of dried up and became reality. And yeah. So <laughs> the other two guys went off and got serious jobs, and Devin and I kept playing music, and eventually Devin and I moved to L.A. in 2007. Right. And, and, then, and then you and Devin 
in Devin's living room decided to form Pronghorn, right? And was Jason? Yeah. Jason was there at the time. Yeah, my, you... uh, my friend Jason Duff. Uh, hey, listen, Justin. Sorry to interrupt, but why wasn't Devin playing with us like ten years ago if he was in LA? I don't. That's uh, uh, because my brother Casey was right. the drummer. Back I mean, then. I know who was so, playing, but like, did Devin not want to play at that time? I didn't even know Devin was here for like two years. Oh, there we go. Okay, <laughs> yeah, was... we kind of lost touch, but my brother was the one to revive the band back in like 2011. Okay, right. And my brother's been in his own rock bands, and but uh, so that we we revived the band in 2011 to about 2015, and then I had to I had a couple of medical issues. I had to get some spine surgeries, and we kind of it, it, the whole band fell apart for a few years. Yeah, that, so, that, that you're you're allowed. That's a you yeah. have a <laughs> you definitely have a, a fair doctor's note on that one. Okay, and, and then, then at that point you. And Devin said, okay, here we go. We're doing this. You had Jason, and then... Oh, back in 2005, yeah, we just we decided we didn't want to stop playing music just because right. Turner Slicker was over. But right. I got to play all the psychedelic music that my former band that wanted to be like Nirvana didn't want to play. So Turner yeah. Slicker was more of like a, almost a punk band, but yeah. it sounded a lot like Nirvana. And they, yeah. they turned down half of my music that I wrote. So that's no fun. That's no fun. I had so, more freedom with Devin. So once you were back and all your your medical stuff was was handled, at that point you guys were it was you and Devin and, and Jason still or no you no, and Devin Jason lives in North Carolina. So oh, okay. He, he so once you back. moved. Yeah. So back in well, the the band has been put back together three different times. Right. So the the first time was in two thousand seven. My brother put it back together. Mm -hmm. And that's when Nima joined. Right. And uh, we went through a series of bass players and then it As fell you apart do. <laughs> in 2015 and then we put it back together in 2019. Right, right. And, and in we 2019, have... we have the best version ever. So I know. And so and Rufus, who is in his own world right now, you, you've been in the band since what, July? Ish? Okay. Okay. Yeah. Somewhere in there, roughly. Yeah. Rufus is like, I don't deal with things like time and space, man. I'm just over here in my black leather jacket and my jeans with my face. Yeah, okay. So, I wish you, I wish you were mic'd as well as Rufus's bass, Nima. I really do. Rufus is the, has the sound down, man. But um okay, but so so let's before we get too much further, um, I do like to play because everyone is gonna be asking for it anyway. A song by the band. Look at okay. Rufus. You look like you're taking your high school portrait right now. I love it. You're like some basey Jesus. It's fantastic. So so we are going to play Tell the Crowd what you chose because we had a little bit of a of a discussion about no. which song. We we chose Song for May, didn't we? You did choose Song for May. You did. Oh. That is uh that's a song that I wrote in May and didn't have a title for it. That's a working title. Okay. Uh, All right. The song mostly based about the war in Ukraine. I like okay. to write things 
I like to write happy songs. Yes. <laughs> Lighthearted romps. Yes. We just yeah. think things that, you know, the kids can mosh to or whatever they're doing. But yeah. okay. <laughs> Rufus, you're a whole, you're a whole mood. I love it. <laughs> you just, you got that right. All right. So um, this song, um, it, it is going to be out by the time this is aired. But as of the time of taping, it's not aired. It's not out yet. Right. You just have live versions that are. Correct. Okay. Yes. Okay. We have. Just some decent live versions. The one that I just put out on Instagram, we're pretty happy with. Yeah. So, all right. So, guys, this is it. I'm so excited. All right, this is a new song called Song for May because I didn't get the title yet. So, I wrote it in May. So, it's a song for May. All right, get it?
So I, you guys, um, I, one of the things I love about Pronghorn's music um, is that you really, you have such a specific sound, but it's also different from song to song. No, I, I think it, it really, because you do definitely have that stoner rock psychedelic kind of quality, but I hear grungy elements to what you do. Um, I hear a lot of proggy elements to what you do. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm like hearing proggy, hmm? huh? I do. I do. I, Maybe it should be proghorn. <laughs> there you go. You just put the N in parentheses. You can make it yes. look like an actual pronghorn. No, but I do. And I, and I mean, I think that, you know, I imagine that you've heard before. I can't be the first person to say, I hear things like Floyd or the doors. Oh, yeah. Um, I'll take that. Yeah. I mean, but I am also hearing, I'm hearing Cornell. I'm hearing Soundgarden. I'm hearing Alice in Chains. You know, um, and obviously, you know, I don't think it's just because of, uh, you know, Maggie McGill, but I, I think you guys have, how did you land on this sound in the first place? Because if it started, I mean, I know the band has gone through iterations of, of genre, like we said at the beginning, but I mean, was this just coming together? Nothing well, that you described in what you guys listened to, except for maybe you, Nima, is kind of at all like right. what and you're I doing. I think I have a good answer for you here. And I'll let, I'm sorry to hog the mic here, but I was actually not bringing, I just, so for the most part, I was taking, this project to me was like a rock project. And I was approaching it as a rock guitarist. Right. Just bringing my guitar and, you know, straight, no effects, nothing, plug in, little distortion, rock mm -hmm. out, done. Mm -hmm. And then I want to say maybe a year and a half ago, I was, you know, Justin always knew I had all these effect pedals and stuff. And I was like whining about how I never use it and stuff. And then Justin was like, dude, you got all these things, start bringing them out. Yeah. And he was right. You know, I was like, you know what? Fuck it. Maybe it's not so well defined as we don't have to be just a rock band. Yeah. You know, maybe I can bleed some of my other influences into it. So at that point, I started bringing the whole effect board out, and I, I yeah. use a ton of effects. So yeah. in my opinion, I think that's when it shifted from purely rock okay. to like, again, psychedelic little, there we go. you know, and other aspects that, like you said, you're hearing yourself. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, I think that, that that's, that's, it's a good point, too, because I don't, think that people necessarily always think so much about how much tone and effects and all of that really does influence the sound of a band. I mean, it sounds stupid to say, but you can take the same, you can take the same exact, you know, chord structure and affect it completely differently. And you have a completely different genre feel. And that's 100%, 100%. So, yeah. So, I mean, I, I, that's interesting. So that was kind of the, and that, that makes sense to me too, because if, the underpinnings of what you guys are doing were more rock, you know, and again, I, I don't know that you would agree about grunge. I mean, do you guys feel like there's a grunge element or am I just Definitely. completely? I agree with you that there's some. My okay. favorite, my favorite music in the, in the world is nineties grunge. Okay. So there you go. So that, yeah, uh, I'd that, say that that Staley sense. is one of my favorite singers of all time. Oh yeah. We oh, do yeah. cover um, the, for who sings that mad season song. Mad yeah, season. Yeah. We play a Mad Season song. You do? Yeah, you we do play do. Uh, Wake Up. On I've heard it. <laughs> right. No, and it's a great, it's a great cover. And I mean, and I, and I like that you're also not 
picking stuff that is what everybody else is picking too. You guys tend to yeah. do that with your covers. You know, we, they're they're a little obscure enough that we we might actually get away with it and people think we wrote it. <laughs> oh, I like that. Okay, this is that's a, that's a, that's a, that's a good cool. angle. <laughs> well, half the covers I hadn't even heard to be honest with you. And I mean, okay. I'd like to think of myself as well versed in music, but half the ones he brings in, I'm like I've never heard it before in my life. Justin, you should but just start great. being like, I wrote this one. <laughs> we we did that as a matter of fact. So now uh, a week ago today, okay, we were playing in Long Beach okay. at a really cool place uh, called the Pike, and we played "Miss You" by the Stones, and I think we did. Uh, Justin did announce that he wrote that. Justin does and like to say, I wrote this a long time ago. <laughs> yeah, which is which is great. Yes. That, I mean, that's that's a that's a pretty big stone song. Like, if, right. unless you're playing for a pretty young crowd. Uh, <laughs> we're trying for the... That, that's actually probably my favorite stone song. I'm not a huge <clears throat> fan of the stones generally, but there's something about that one that I really do like. So, um, okay, so you, they, you, you, you got away with that shit, huh? Yeah. <laughs> I actually thought you wrote. All right, guys, you heard it here. Pronghorn is revisionist history 101. They are just, <laughs> they are going to tell people. I've been writing songs since 68. That's it. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I was negative five and I started writing this one. But yeah, yeah. It, no. Okay. So <laughs> that's one way to expand your catalog. I like it. You're like, I don't have to, I don't have to get licensing for this man. I wrote it. Like, what the fuck? So, okay. So, I mean, public domain after a certain amount of years, doesn't it? Yeah, but I don't. I don't think we're there yet. It's not like Happy, happy birthday, birthday, you know. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a it's a like a Sharon Osbourne kind of thing where you just you know can go back and erase people, okay. put search yeah. insert who you want in the timeline. Ooh. Ooh. Some Sharon Osbourne. Oh, don't 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 get Sharon. Yeah. Sharon yeah. Shut this whole no. show down. Exactly. <laughs> shout out! <laughs> shout out to Bob Daisley. Watch out for Sharon. Look at this. Rufus is Rufus is rebuilding the history, just recoloring it back in. All right. So, so, okay. <laughs> so you guys, um, you've settled, well, you haven't really settled into a sound, but you've aimed at more of a direction that was farther off from rock from where you started. And so talk to me then about the songwriting process with the band. Cause I know Justin, you're, you're writing things, but I mean, in terms of instrumentation, um, is that more of a, you guys sit, sit around, you jam, you come up with things or how does that work? I, I usually come up with, uh, an idea in my head and I'll start with a melody. Okay. And then my process is to basically hum the melody into my recording device. And okay. then I write nonsense lyrics to go with the melody to try to come up with a structure. Okay. So you're so, starting with a vocal melody, not a yeah. guitar melody. Okay. Vocal okay. Melody. And then, um, I'll... I, then I'll write a basic riff on my guitar, and I'm a power chord master. Okay. So I, I'm not very compared to Nima. I'm not. I'm not a very good guitar player, but I can come up with basic riffs, and then I bring that to practice, and then these guys take it to a whole different technical level. Okay. Okay. And, uh, so you come in with the bones. Yeah. And then you guys sort of iterate it from there. Okay. So, and like, and then what, what is the, um, cause I, I know that you post a lot of rehearsal recordings or at least a decent number of them, which I always like because, you know, I've, I've rehearsed so many times in my life with so many different bands and some days 
you have a rehearsal where you're like, oh my God, why are we even a band? And then sometimes you have rehearsals where you're like, this is so good. I actually want to put it out and have people hear it. And then, you know, and you guys seem to be cool about like, yeah, you know, this isn't quite finished, but I like it and I want to put this out. Or like, this is the best live take we've ever done of this thing, you know, and, and yeah. I, um, and I appreciate that, but like, so, I mean, so. I don't in... really get to say though, for the record, Justin just puts <laughs> these things out and then we're told about it later. <laughs> It's not okay. like a voting all right, there's a lack of consent like, hey, from most guys, of the we're band. putting this out, and I'm like, all right, what? What are you putting out? All right. Shit. <laughs> yeah, Why? I don't, I don't, I don't, yeah, okay, so, so, well, I'm Justin just... is, Justin then is brave about <laughs> putting yeah. things out anyway. I don't know about everybody else, but okay, so, and then, so, once you have your, your, your vocal melody line, and you've got some rough lyrics, are you mainly writing the lyrics in full once the song has developed with everybody's input or does that depend yeah. too? I, I try to, once the song has got structure, that's when I try to refine the lyrics and make them sound cool or spooky or okay. have some kind of theme to them. Okay. So it's just not straight up nonsense. <laughs> it's generally yeah. recommended. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So that's, I've tried writing like some deep poem and then like making a song out of it later. And that's like what Eddie Vedder does and Jim Morrison used to do, but you end right. up writing these really kind of lame songs because <laughs> you're, you're bending the music around the words instead of having a solid song to yeah, I, I you know what I'm not gonna dis well I don't know that I'm gonna go ahead and say lame songs but I I have written I have written poems and tried to retrofit them into songs and I have written lyrics for songs and it's definitely a different thing because most people are not sitting down to write a poem that's like you know she loves you yeah yeah you know like nobody's writing that as a poem those are lyrics right but so I I understand what you're saying you know you you end up with like the Iliad but like set to you know, punk rock music or whatever. So it's a little bit weird, but I, I, I think you guys then will, how long generally does it take to feel like you've got a song finished then? Like from the time that you come with an idea to when you're actually playing it out or, you know, even going into the studio with it. I'd say like song for May, for example, we wrote it in May and we were playing it live in July. Well, there you go. I, so, I wasn't there in May. I think if you count from when I first heard the song, and it, you know, and it was a really nebulous. Not, I don't think he really worked on it much, you guys, okay. uh, before I got before I got there, right? Um, Rufus right. helped us with the the structure in the middle of the song. I think I seemed like when that thing came around, it like it it was pretty quick to like, hey, we got through it in rehearsal. Let's play it in front of somebody. That was fast. Yeah, okay. that was fast. Okay, Some but I mean, like, like that, others aren't. There's like. Okay. There's some that we're still trying to like. like Justin used to write a song every month, so he's way behind. He's got he's got to get to work. But there was an <laughs> August song that we started working on that just kind of is now that has not been worked on for a long time. So I okay. think each song kind of yeah. has its own vibe and feel. Some are just like we play, we're like this is good enough. Others were like you know this, we gotta we gotta put some work into this thing. Right. And nonetheless. Those songs still develop too. I mean, I think I don't think well, we're afraid to like alter songs after. Like, no, and 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 I've acetone. exactly no, and like that's the thing. In in listening through to what you guys have out, I mean, you know, you have a lot of stuff out in different places, but you know, going through, you know, like where you have empty vault and acetone and running, like I mean, I I think what I'm hearing is that 
even when a song is done, when you play it live, it's going to be different sometimes, sometimes not. Usually there's a, there's a, a, a similar thread through. You're not, you're not completely rewriting it, rearranging it. But like a band will do when you play live, you're not going to slavishly be note for note from what you wrote. Thank and I you. Think, Thank yeah. you. <laughs> yes. Very welcome. Mima says that unless I'm paying him thousands of dollars, I cannot cut his solos off. He has free reign to go. You're going to say that to the guy who wrote Miss You? You're going to say that to that guy? No, I mean, no, but you know what, though? I, I think that it, it would be um, just, you know, since we know each other so well at this point in the last, you know, hour or whatever, it, I get the sense that it would be it would be anathema to Nima to have something that was so scripted on right. guitar. Like, I just don't see that happening. Um, you know, and, and I think that because you guys are keyed into each other the way that you are, because I watch you, you know, when you being, I mean, I've, I've been in bands since I was, you know, 13 and I, and I, I, I've, I've been on stage where you, you are, you are all, in the right space and you're looking at each other and you're hearing each other and you're, you know, you're connected enough that you can play, but you know, when you need to come back, when there needs to be a riff or a cue or whatever, and you're, you're cueing off each other. And then I've seen bands that don't do that. And it's like, uh, and usually those are the bands that have to play the same thing the same way every single time because they don't have the musical DNA to play around like that. But you guys, clearly I see you and you're, you're not that band. You're you're thank you. you. And it gets boring for the listener, doesn't it? To like see that same show every time. Why would and the musicians? Get one show? <laughs> yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, that's no, the, that was the big thing for me with Fish was like back when I was you right. know back in I started listening to them in '97, late '90s. This is like pre like internet and all that stuff, or it was just mm -hmm. coming out. If you didn't go to a show, you like you felt like you were missing out, and you like you you right. tried to search for that show and desperately try to get a recording so you hear what these people did that night because it was not going to happen again that's right you know it's like that what's that's what motivates people and to keep coming for more i think personally well and i and i mean i've i've been at concerts where people will bitch about the fact that it quote doesn't sound like it does on the record and it's like well then why didn't you just stay home and listen to right. the record it's gonna sound better anyway if you want to but hear i i think that there is there is a limit to that in the sense that you do have to make it enough the same song that the audience is hearing the song that they want to hear it may not be the same so like i mean like i think of like a, a counting crows I have watched, and I, uh, man, when they came out, I liked their music, but I thought, I've said this before, I thought Adam Duritz was such a douchebag, like, he just looked like such a poser with the, he, you know, whatever, and I just, like, I, I, I couldn't, and over time, I came to really appreciate the fact that whether you like the guy or not, I have never seen him sing the same song the same way twice on any live thing I've ever seen him do, to the point where... He's coming up with whole new lyrics to songs that I've been listening to, really? you know, That's for 30 impressive. years. Oh, yeah. No, he's he's That's ballsy, and too, though. It is. But the thing of it that that's the sort of the magic of it. And it comes back to what you were saying, Nima, is that that band around him will let him go. Like Round Here by Counting Crows is one of my favorite songs of all time. And I've seen versions of that, that that are like, the song's like 10 minutes long because he's sitting there and he's just off the top of his head coming up with brand new lyrics. 
and the band is playing around him. They're listening, they're adjusting, they're adding, they're extending, they're doing what they need to do. And then they can hear when he's about to go back into, okay, guys, now we need to go to the chorus. And they're there. And, and right. at least for me as a musician, I get off on that so hard because you can't do that unless not only is everybody talented, but everybody knows each other and trusts each other enough as musicians and as a unit, as a band to be able to pull that off. Cause that could be a complete fucking disaster if you, if you're not doing any of that. And so I think because you guys have that freedom and especially, you know, playing together for 10 years, you know, Justin and Nima, you two, like, that's a yeah, lot. I mean, I'm, that is I'm no joke. Him. He knows, for the most part, he knows what I'm going to do. Yeah. 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 There's, there's good intrinsic communication. We just need to glance at each other at this point. Exactly. So, but Rufus, as the, as the, as the relative new guy coming into that, how do you feel about that level of spontaneity and variety? And are you, you don't seem like somebody who likes to do the same thing all the time based on our brief uh, acquaintance here so far. So I imagine it's good, but you know, is that hard to step into or? No, it's that's that, that aspect is pretty easy. Okay. Um, I, I've, I've, I've got my own improvisational experience, which it, it overlays, it fits in. That aspect doesn't bother me. Okay. And on the other hand, my, my role's a little different. Nima's job is to be supersonic. You know, for most songs, there's already a rhythm guitar for most right. songs. So right. Nima's job is to be atmospheric right. anyway. Right. So, I mean, that kind of, no matter what the, uh, imp the jam vibe, the improv vibe, the elasticity, Maybe it may be being the bass player of the group. I'm, right. I'm, my approach isn't necessarily that aspect. Right. You're a grounding you know? force. You and Devin have to be holding it all together. That's, that's, yeah, I, I completely. Yeah. Can I think so back a little bit? But there are times where Rufus does hear me play that weird note and he does give me that look and he does go out. So. There, I mean, I know he can, and maybe, yeah, it's based, it's, you know, it's, it's grounded, if that's the word we're looking for. But I can communicate with Rufus, and maybe that's because I've known Rufus for a few years. We do. Now. Maybe we haven't played together, but I've known him as a friend. So well, maybe and, that's and why that comes about. But there's definitely moments where I'm playing some right. off notes, if you would, and right. Rufus hears it. Right. Well, but I mean, to, I mean, just to be very clear, when I say grounding, I don't mean limited or parochial or boring because I hear what you're doing on the bass and you're all over the place in the best possible way. Bass is, you know, bass can be steady or it can be moving and slinky and all over the place. And, you know, it, it, it does what it needs to do. But I'm not I'm not hearing anything that's rootinous in the bass or, or the drums for that matter. But to the degree that you know, as you said, you know, lead guitar, especially when there's a rhythm guitar, keeping everything, you know, on point there, you know, he can go off and be stratospheric and experimental and he can do all these things. Um, there, there are degrees, I think, of freedom to do that with each yep. instrument, you know, unless you're doing a solo or something like that, where, you know, you can't, you know, drums and bass can't go so far afield that the song is just completely falling off a cliff. That doesn't mean you can't have a great fucking time doing what you're doing. <laughs> but we're cursing in front of the children again. But so, I mean, so, so, so you know, and, and in, ter in terms of Devin, when, when does Devin come in on all of this? Like when you, Justin, have a, a melody line, 
Um, do you also, I assume, then have a sense of tempo and rhythm and, you know, where you want it to land in terms of time signature, all of that? Or is it kind of like, eh, you know, I don't know if this is going to be up-tempo or mid-tempo or let's just try it on and see how it rolls? Because, you know, the drummer does have a lot to do with the identity of the song once it's being written, too, so. Uh, yeah, and I, I like to default to the swing beat a lot of times. <laughs> like, just give it a cool swing beat. He's like, again? I'm like, yes, again. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> but um, Devin definitely has a, uh, a lot of the times, well, my half of the songs we wrote together just one-on-one -on -one with Devin and me. So he's, he's the master of the, the, the changes and he, he's the one that keeps us, <laughs> I want to say he's one that keeps us in time. That's the dumbest thing you can say about the drummer. Well, but you know, it's not a given for all drummers, which is sort of bad. <laughs> well, but, I found Justin to be very, like, very receptive to suggestions cool. and stuff. He has a good out of the gate feel, but he's, he's, can subtly he'll i think what justin's saying thinks what he's saying about keeping time like he'll cue a change in a way it's not just about keeping the beat even if we're extending a section or something justin or uh, devin has a way of mm -hmm. of signaling and cueing and letting you know that something's about to come it's yeah, not yeah, yeah. uh it yeah. didn't go by and like oh you know he's we good about that the key is about to change by the way the drums are are changing and that and that that's something i think that you know most of all comes with time, you know, time playing together. Cause you do start to, even if somebody is, is endlessly creative, they will have tells like that, you know, where you can either, I mean, I played with guys where they'll set up a certain way or they'll sling their, you know, their, their bass or their, or their guitar down in a particular way when they're about to launch into something. And like, even subconsciously my brain goes, Oh, okay. Lay back here because something's yeah. about to happen. So that, and that that's to, again down to chemistry and connection but i mean like to get more specifically into the the songs at least the ones that you have on spotify um you know because you're you are and i don't mean this in a bad way but you are all over the place literally on social media you know you're on apple and here now and instagram and all this other stuff and facebook but i mean you know the the, the six or whatever that you have on spotify right now so luxury vice um that was the most recent right that was like september ish that you put out and that's a live version which was cool to hear <laughs> a live version of on that. that's our, our previous bass player who okay we had an hr issue with so. <laughs> okay <laughs> very diplomatic i like the way you put that an hr issue yes it was down to he was microwaving fish in the rehearsal room and he had to go so okay so yeah, yeah. so okay in weird places that i didn't like it okay Okay. Well, there you go. Nima's like, I'm gonna just fucking say it. So, all right. So, all right. So, pre. This is pre. Rufus, no, I do guys. like it though. He wasn't touching me enough. Maybe was the problem. Oh, <laughs> well, that does sound like an HR issue. You're right. But well, okay. So, anyway, but so HR definitely needed to get involved. Yes. Okay. So, so then talk to me about you know the decision to put a live version and that live version specifically out because you know you well, got you're you're. I, I'm I'm trying to keep spotify fed happy with material. <laughs> yeah. yeah and so if we get a magic take on something and i think it's good enough i like to put it out yeah and i'll say that it's live if it is like maggie mcgill we recorded that that was our second time playing it ever together and we just happened to hit it perfectly and okay it, you guys thought i was crazy i'm like i want to publish this they're like what and <laughs> i had to overdub the vocals because they were they were muted okay so, it's actually it's technically a studio version because I've got 
tracked vocals on it, but um, if we have something that's good enough and, and we have a magic take, then I, I like to put it out. Yeah, why not? No, yeah. but I mean, so so that I mean, I uh, that is a very that song has a lot of swag to it, luxury vice. It really does. I mean, like, I I don't know what I again I, I I and I don't really care about genre and defining genre. You know, one of the phrases that I end up using a lot on this show is genre promiscuous when bands will just sort of, you know, move around and they're not wedded to any one thing. But I mean, that's that's kind of that's pretty funky it's kind of alt rocky there's definitely some grungy stuff going on there um you know and i and i mean hr issue aside i love the baseline in that take Thanks. at least you know I, yeah I very and I, I instructed him exactly what to play no and, and he well yeah and you, you and, and, and made it even better song so no it it's it, funky yeah no it's oh okay all right cool no that's that i can i mean just having heard him noodling around i i I, i'm not surprised by that in the least little bit but i um but and and again that that's another place where i hear allison chains especially in the vocals like i i i yeah and i i think um i just i'm so happy that you're not um averse to saying you know what let's throw this take let's throw this live because so many bands and and i think that because you do have studio stuff out as well people can hear the polished version but i think sometimes especially for bands that have that kind of live wire energy where you can tell that they're meant to be live bands rather than studio bands um or at least that that, that they're as comfortable in one arena as the other you can sometimes lose some of the um, I think uh, Trickshot called it the human element, <laughs> yeah. you know, where it isn't perfect. And that's actually a good thing, you know, because it gives it personality. It gives it some balls, you know, and, and you're actually in an, in a moment like that. But to actually have a live version out, um, I understand feeding the Spotify beast, but yeah. I'm glad you decided to do it. But then, okay, so the, the stuff that's out on Spotify, though, that ranges back to like two years ago, too, right? So, yeah. so Spotify goes back all the way to 2000. Seven actually, so okay when it was actually written right, but like in terms of recorded, right? Oh, yeah, so, so the stuff I didn't release any of that stuff until twenty nineteen or twenty twenty. Right. Okay. That's the first time I started publishing music. So, like, what about feed the family fight? Like, talk to me about that one because that's a whole. <laughs> that, <laughs> There's a lot baked into that one. No pun intended. So <laughs> I wrote that one um, back in twenty. I think 2003 or four, when my friends were going to Iraq. Okay. And I was still at home, but I, I wrote that song about the Iraq War and about okay. George Bush and and about basically the civil war going on in Iraq and then mm. the, the civil strife going on about that back here. And um, my friend Jason Duff at the time wrote the cool solo that's in the, the Spotify version. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And then um, we we play that song a little bit differently these days, but. Uh, so is it not kind of? I mean, I would almost call that like a surf rock kind of yeah, very pulp fiction it. soundtrack kind of sixty. Yeah. So like, oh, yeah, cool, how yeah. did you? How did? Because I'm always fascinated by when you know if you had written like a Dear Mr. President, like Pink, and you had done this sort of slower, more you know. Um, ballady kind of thing, given the subject material, I, I wouldn't need an explanation for that. But given lyrically what you've done, and then instrumentally what you've done, which are, are are in kind of contrast, I would say, how did you land on that instrumentation for those lyrics? 
Do you remember? <laughs> I had just a cool riff. And okay. <laughs> I, I just started writing. Yeah, there he goes. There's I love it. We've got that. We've got probably, uh, How do you, I mean, I'm once you strike on that. Since I'm not a, a distinguished <laughs> guitar player, that's like the hardest song that I play on guitar. Okay. Actually, the one playing that riff, so I was really proud of it. So yeah. In terms of playing and singing, that's the hardest one we had. I could see but, that. Um, the these guys always encourage me to write happier songs. So. <laughs> <laughs> is that yeah. really so? So let, well, let's talk about that for a second. So, like, a is that true? I don't do that. I'm not okay. Yes, that's that. true. It's true. Okay. So Rufus, <laughs> talk to me, my friend. So, so <laughs> what, what are you gunning for? Like, is it, you mean just lyrically in terms of, oh. you know? Oh, you know, I think, I think more sex and less war. Okay. <laughs> I mean, I, I can't argue with you on that one. That tends to be a popular opinion for me as well, but okay. So anytime it's more sex, it's a good thing, but, uh, but no, but so, but I mean, is, is that because what has to happen instrumentally around it is different for you or just like you lyrics that are more fun like what what's that about oh i think well as a as a group of entertainers presenting something to people okay i'm okay i'm not really so much on the writing side of this so i'm kind of just live just live vibe right and so as entertainers providing stuff to people i want to make girls butts wiggle and then the rest all falls in line like if you do that live, then you really don't have to worry about anything else live. Okay. So, so you're taking the venue owner approach of just get the women dancing, get the get the people buying them beer, and then you know then yeah. we're good. So okay. either so you know what's what what you know more sex less less war is okay. that so? Do you do do you find that the audience is listening <laughs> to the lyrics though? Because generally, like twelve thirty one in the morning bar crowd, you're not getting a lot of people who are going. That was quite a turn of phrase that Justin crafted. You know, like they're yeah, yeah I'm fuck it, without like so listen to the lyrics, and I'm in the band. Okay, but you're well, gonna. <laughs> but you're gonna <laughs> like Nima, Nima. Is your ass wiggling though? This is what this is what Rufus wants to know. You Are you wiggly? I am. Butt wiggle. I'm all wiggle. Okay. He's, he likes to jump up and down and shake his hair around too. He, he makes it's true. You are a hundred percent wiggle. Okay, so so <laughs> you, Rufus, then we've got Nima wiggling. Is that not enough for you? Well, that that surely should be enough for anybody. But uh, but uh, HR <laughs> approves of that answer. There you go. Okay. Definitely but, not uh, to describe the songs in between song takes. Like I'm not allowed to talk about what the songs are about anymore. <laughs> I don't mind that. I don't mind that. Actually, I I like the band. I like banter in the middle. And the more I name, the better. The band, like, like one of the shows where everybody was just cringing before every interview. I mean, if every interview. Yeah. He's all like, the oh, pattern I wrote about my friend who killed himself. This song I wrote about me go doing a bunch of oxycontin and uh, it's <laughs> like no one wants to hear this. Shit. <laughs> oh Jesus! <laughs> now if the song, but if the song material is more about hey, this is the girl who liked to play dress up that I used to knock boots with, you know, then you know you can have that banter in the middle. And the other okay. thing is if you're if you're playing and your subject matter is is got some grit and sweat and blood and piss on it that uh in a in a in a fun way uh then you're gonna jostle and sway a little differently you know you're not gonna you're not uh it, so i don't know i've okay. also got 
I, I spent 10 years in the Marine Corps and I deployed twice, so I have a lot of subject matter that I wanted to get out. But well, yeah, <laughs> it needs to it needs to evolve and, and get happier these days. Well, I mean, I, I think it's an interesting question because, you know, there whenever we, you know, are looking at set lists or anything like that, the idea is kind of and again, you know, largely as a cover band at this point, like, you know, we have sort of three guiding lights. One is can we do it and do it well? Um, the other one is like, do people want to e actually fucking hear it? And then do we, do we like it? Right. And so, yeah. and it's really in that order, you know, um, and there is a degree of that, I think in originals bands as well, where, you know, there's, there are musicians playing and writing for themselves. And that guy who's in the back, always this guy, you know, um, and, and then no matter what you do, you're not going to please that guy. And then, you know, and then there's the, the audience in the middle where it's like, okay, do we write what we want to write for us? Do we play what we want to play for us and then hope that the audience enjoys it? Or do we not pander, but do we adjust what we're doing for the people that we're going to be playing for? And it sounds like with you guys, you're sort of doing all of it at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> but it sounds like as long as Justin doesn't tell people what the songs are about, maybe it's okay. That's, <laughs> that's, that's what I really like. That's is like Rick Rubin, I heard talking mm -hmm. about this. And he said, you should write and play music that you think you would like to listen to yourself. Hmm. This is straight out of Rick's mouth. And the guy mm -hmm. knows what he's doing, I think. I think we, most of us can agree with that. I right? think we can agree on that, yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I'm... I love that attitude, and it's like if you if you're doing that, I think whether or not you, quote unquote, make it, mm. at least you don't you feel genuine and you're having a good time. Well, and and, I, and mean, I think yeah yeah, and I think the other element of that too is that we've seen what happens to music when, you know, like with movies, you know, you write a movie, it's a great movie, everybody loves it. And then it does incredibly well. And what happens? They do six sequels to it, each of which suck progressively more. And it's ruined the whole thing, right? And so when people say, oh, okay, you know, here's a song that did really well. And for a while, T-Pain was on every fucking song that came out. It was like, you know, he was in church choirs. He was, you know, singing. He was everywhere. And it was like, that's because people want to hear T-Pain sound like he's a robot, you know? And then the that was the thing. Master right that's there. it. That's and right. it like, and the thing yeah. is, like, and I always think it's so funny because that dude can actually sing, but like, you know, without the auto-tune. But it's, it's when people are trying to use the formula right the music tends to be generic and it's always aping something that was new and original and risk-taking in the first place right that's why people right. liked it so i mean it, you know i gotta go away soon right i mean how long is the fad gonna last and then exactly exactly so i mean so i i think it's it's an interesting discussion to me because you know it's a balancing act for band relative to crowd but also band members relative to each other you know if, if if some of the band wants to you know have like a more of a you know a, a party vibe with the lyrics and then you know justin you're over there trying to write about war you know it's <laughs> it's, a, it's a it's a little bit of a of a of a of um well i was gonna say like there, there could be tension but you guys seem to be able to hold all of those ideas together and then compromise which is i think that's it's great good. though isn't it like when someone's like singing about something really sad and then the music is really happy you yeah. know there's a lot of there's a lot of that out there and like it's it's mad it, i think it, it works great 
That's I agree. Like luxury Vice is like that's a song you can dance to. Back to you is about. I, mean, I don't want to. What's it about? Back to subject matter isn't exactly very happy, right? No, but that that is that is my favorite song on Spotify. Back and to I mean, you. That is that's a, a very happy, like, funky fucking shaft. You move your like ass. A party song. Absolutely, that is. You put that song on, and as soon as that drops at a party, everybody's moving like a hundred percent. And if you're not but paying attention, those lyrics, though, what's that's it. About? If you're not paying attention to the lyrics, <laughs> you're okay. You know. But I I think that you know you guys do marry those two things well. You know, and, and I think that there's something intellectually more interesting about having a song where the lyrics and the instrumentation don't necessarily match in the way that you would expect them to. I mean, like I, I Sting had that song, you know, at some point where he was talking about divorce and custody with his kids. And it was this, you know, I'm so happy I can't stop crying. But it was this very sort of like, you know, jaunty, almost, you know, cowboy kind of song. And I remember at the time going, okay, my brain didn't really know what to do with that at first, but <laughs> it, it gives it another texture, which I appreciate. And I mean, you guys, um, when you go into the studio, given that you do flip things around, obviously, when you play them live and, and in even, you know, having heard multiple takes of, of the same song, you know, a number of times in, in what you have posted, besides Spotify, obviously, you know, that you do change things up. How do you decide, is it just whatever happens to happen in the studio because you've paid for the time and then that's yeah. the take that you have? Okay, okay, and so you don't we, sit there at the beginning and go, this is how we're gonna do it. You play no, it in, okay. We have limited time and money in the studio, so we, oh, yeah. we're, we're gonna be recording basically live, so we're all gonna be in the same room, mic'd up, and we do the song in one or two takes, and then we retract the vocals, and then we maybe retract a little bit of lead guitar. But okay. we try to get live takes with the guy that we've been working with lately. Okay. And that's just the the, the, the most. Why don't you plug him in, bro? Give him a little plug out here. Yeah, out. absolutely. Shout him out. Oh, um, Luigi Torres. At Luigi. Oogie Boogie Studios. Yeah, Oogie Boogie. Oh, that's right. where we recorded back to you. And uh, my friend Luigi's in a band called La Tumba, and they're, they're this really cool Hispanic band where they play Latin music with they sing in Spanish. But oh, cool. like the the lead singer wears a freaking luchadora uh, luchadora mask. Okay. <laughs> while he's playing like bongo drums and singing in Spanish. So okay. They're, they're really fun it's to pretty watch. Pretty slamming like, though. It's not it's not what you're picturing. It's like it's like it's got it's got some edge. Oh no! I I wasn't picturing like the band at the local Mexican restaurant or anything like. If you're if you're wearing that I was, mask, by his description, <laughs> I kind of was. Until it's that luchador mask. No, that that the mask kind of that 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 gives it a whole other spin. That's not if you're right. putting that mask on, you're not playing that kind of music. So I'm not, I'm not too worried oh, about that. Correct. But, <laughs> yeah, it's yeah. correct. <laughs> okay, so we're yeah, hoping to book like a whole weekend with Luigi in, in January. Hopefully recording four or five songs with him. Okay. Okay. And then, so now then talk to me about Turn On. Okay. When was that written versus when you put it out and, and all of that? Because that, that, that I do get a Stones, like almost sympathy for the devil, sort of married to fell on black days kind of feel. Oh, cool. <laughs> Which, yeah, I love that. I love the combat. Like, that's what I'm, and again, I, I, I always mention this, that I only make comparisons when I think they're favorable. And I know 
that not everybody likes the same stuff I like, but so far you seem not to have been offended by anything I've said, but like, I love, I love that there's something that's retro and also, I mean, I know grunge is retro at this point too now, but not as retro as like stones from, you know, when I'm hearing it. So, um, talk, talk to me about that one. We wrote that song about, um, imbibing chemicals and digging for bugs in the backyard. And, uh, uh, when did you get stoned we with your were, kids? What? No, no, not with my kids, with uh, my beloved. And uh, but I wrote that song back in 2004. Okay. And recorded that in, in Jason. We recorded that in a haunted house in the middle of the woods in North Carolina. Okay. With Devin and Jason and me, and it was a creepy weekend, but we got good music out of it and okay. i just like that that version of it stood up to time mm. and uh so i published it in 2020 yeah and that but does not sound really like it's version. that old yeah no it doesn't sound like that though um and, and see that that i think is down to a good song is a good song is a good song you know and even if it's 20 years old or there's a reason we still listen to the stuff that we listen to from the 60s and 70s yeah no and then you mentioned quickly um and just for the audience's you know edification i'm only moving a little faster than usual because we do have a a little bit of a time crunch here on the other end but so you had mentioned very quickly just an old man on the mountainside so again when because that's that i'm hearing ronnie specter and bono Really? Yeah, I mean the the the, the, the vocals are more. Bon yeah, I got a Bono vibe on the vocals. I really did. And it was the only time with you. Well, no, actually, no. Roll where the money is. I got a little U two from it too. But 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 old man on the mountainside. I got more Bono vocals than really any of the others. So like, what was the what what was the inspiration with that one? Um, there's this. We used to in college. We'd go drinking up on top of Mulholland Drive on top okay. of the mountain over Brentwood. Okay. And there's uh, a former command center up there for the Nike Zeus missile silos that used to be all around LA. So we we would go up to this like we'd break into this abandoned military facility and then climb up to the top of this uh, antenna structure and then you could see all the way to the ocean. You could see all the way to the valley. You could see all the way to downtown. I just imagined like what it would be like if one of the silos still worked and somebody was down there and got abandoned. So okay. it's about it's about okay. an abandoned missile silo. And okay, that that colors it in for me a little bit more lyrically. Yeah. Okay, okay, all and right. See, so you you really dude, are inspired by literally whatever is around you. Yeah. Then. Because that's not something that I think most people are going to write a song about. No, it's so. very specific. It's about an abandoned missile silo and uh, the guy in, in there nukes Hollywood one night and does everyone a favor. There you go. So. <laughs> okay. Um, we we kind of write about the things that we love being destroyed. Yeah. Well, I mean, unfortunately, there's a lot of material in that. Um, but, uh, okay. And then, so I, I also really love Withdrawal. I really do. That's a great song. I mean, it's, I, I get, again, I know I keep saying it, but I get almost like a no excuses vibe on that one. You know, like that's a real, that, that, yeah. And, and I, 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 um, it's, it's interesting to me, the, the confidence in a lot of these songs too, that, you know, you have to have a certain level of swag to be able to sing 
anything that's remotely grungy convincingly, first of all, you know, you can't be timid and wussy about it. You have to really own it, you know, but I think the, um, that, that song was hard because it's a true story and it's my personal experience and I've had multiple spine surgeries and, okay. and spent a long time on pain medicine. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Getting, kicking that problem was uh, inspiration for that song. Sometimes yeah. Justin brings epidural to practice and we just get it up for fun. <laughs> no, but I mean like the and and I think that's part of why I like the songs so much is it not that they're not all personal but some of them just land a little bit more and it's also what resonates with the listener I guess too but you know a little more intensely than others and that's I think that's part of what I was hearing in the vocals too you know that you you really had that rawness around what you were singing about you know um is that hard to is that hard to do now still Oh, hard like to you, I don't well, know like just live, you don't do okay we haven't done that song live it's kind of a downer well so. yeah I guess it's <laughs> I not really it, no we should work on it it's, okay. it's 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 not in Rufus's wiggling wheelhouse I don't think that one that's a that's a, well, that's a... <laughs> we did oh, when I started when I started with the band there was a corset list and since there's a backlog of material for me to learn there's a large catalog Mm -hmm. You know, it's like learn, you know, what we're playing right now may not be what we're playing in uh, a year from now because, sure. you know, recently we had a gig that required us to play for longer than we had been. And rather than digging into the back catalog, I think we slapped a few covers in there too. And I did, I did actually have to dig a few out of the back catalog. So things will come, I think will come in and out of rotation. Yeah, that's a very good point too. And it also depends on, you know, where you are with the band, what you guys are looking, cause if you are trying to do stuff, I mean, Justin, are you thinking that you are going to attempt to try and lyrically lighten up a little bit? Not that I'm saying that I think you need to, but just relative to what the guys have been saying, or is yeah. it, is it you write what you write? You know, hey, I mean, stop including me in this. I'm not telling him to write upbeat stuff. I've always said, I love what he's doing. Okay, there we go. So I'm going to go then to Rufus. <laughs> <laughs> no, when you when you say the guys, do you mean Rufus and Devin? Is Devin also well, saying it? Or is this just you thinking you need to do it and you're blaming everybody else? <laughs> you're overanalyzing it? Okay. Well, I, I can tell when I bring a song in, they ask me what it's about, and then they just, oh, geez, again? <laughs> like, <laughs> well, have I ever asked you what the song is about? We talked about this earlier. I don't even listen to the lyrics. <laughs> I mean, All right. Nima is just, you know, wiggling and does not need to I know. I just want to get down. That's it. That's it. it make me, um, can, I, can I rock out and have a good time to it? Great. <laughs> well, it hasn't seemed to stop anybody yet. I mean, you guys are. But, but Rufus, you make a good point, though, that given, you know, the number of songs that are involved here and the fact that you guys are still working on new things all the time you know, what you play, what you focus on, you know, and then when, when you're going into the studio, you know, in January, do you have, are, are there any new songs that we don't know at all that you're going to be working on there? Or is it mostly re-recording things that you've done live or? It's going to be re-recording things we've done live. I think we're going to do Acetone, okay. Empty Vault, Running Strange, okay. Song for May. Luxury um, Vice. Again, sure, we could do that. What do you mean again? We don't have a luxury by studio version, do we? We don't have a studio version. No. <laughs> so, yeah, we definitely need that. So, um, 
it's gonna be, and then empty whatever I have written in the meantime from now to then. Okay. Azovstal. What about Azovstal? Oh, Azovstal. That's not. A, yeah, that's a song that you haven't heard. That's, no. Okay. We. That's another happy Ukraine song. I was going to say that the, yeah. just from the title alone, it does not sound like a Girls Gone Wild kind of thing. Yeah. Here, this is interesting. Let me give you the biggest caveat of anything ever said. Okay. That was the, that when I first heard of Zavstal, I, it, for weeks, every time I heard it, I would shed tears, man. It, it like literally would well me up. Wow. He's okay. not lying. He's not lying. No, I, I, I didn't think so. Okay. It, uh, which and it's and it's totally a song about you know what's going on over there, yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, at least on the surface. I mean, you know, I'm sure all of this you can add some sort of metaphorical right. thing, but uh, Pink Floyd vibe from is that aspect of it? Yeah, it's a soulful. It was very soulful. To, you know, it wasn't a a rager of a song about an about a conflict. It was very, it was very soulful. It's it's very uh, mournful and and and. I don't know. Uh, you know, withdrawal might resonate more with somebody as Austal might with another person. So I mm -hmm. guess the breadth is always good, even if every member is an incongruency of what they would like for subject right. matter. The yeah. differences, you know, the differences also lead to more of a, of a diversity in the in uh, the friction that you get. You need to build things on. I love that. No, I love that, and I agree with you completely because it's. It, it's none of it is making anybody in the band miserable, which is really the main problem, right? Mm -hmm. Like nobody's sitting there going, I was just like, well, no, but like, I mean, you know, nobody's walking away, you know what I mean? And, and I, and I think that you guys are doing a little bit of a high wire. Well, except for the HR guy, I guess, I don't know, but like, I don't, I don't even know what's going on at this point. Like you, you three have a, have obviously, you know, info that I don't, but I mean, just it, it, you're all here right now, which is a good sign. And I think that it's, um, you know, it's, it's, I think it's, it's cool to me that you are just in getting to write about these things that clearly matter to you. And it's not to say that they don't, I mean, they don't matter to Nima because he doesn't even know what they're about, but like Rufus, <laughs> you know, Rufus being moved by to tears. That blew me away when he told me that. I was, I was that's, that's, that's something. I mean, that, 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 that's, you know, even coming, especially coming from the idea of, hey, you know, we could lighten this up a little bit, you know, and that it was still strong enough that it was affecting. That's to me a very good sign, you know. And and I think that that the point that that Rufus is making is a is a is a is an important one that, you know, you don't want to be one dimensional musically, but you also don't want to be one dimensional lyrically either. I mean, you know, people aren't going and dancing you know, to Alice in Chains, but they are absolutely fucking vibing, you know, and, and the <laughs> lyrics were not exactly what I would call a lighthearted romp through the, through the fairy forest or whatever, for the most part. So, I mean, there is a, there is a place for that, but I think that, you know, you guys have a strong enough identity musically where you are going to get people moving you are going to get people up you know and then whether they're you know in in the nema camp and not listening to what the fuck the song is about or if they are you know it doesn't i don't think people are going to go wow this song is really cool i'm enjoying it and then listen to the lyrics and go oh i need to sit down and contemplate this you know like i mean if it's if it's danceable if it's going to get you up and wiggling it's going to get you up and wiggling, but then maybe you walk away going like, wow, that band really has something to say, you know? And, and for me, at least I would prefer that, 
you know, I would prefer, right. and I mean, I listen to music differently than most people because of this show, because I'm really, you know, analyzing it and sitting with it and also just experiencing it too, but like really listening for, you know, okay, so, you know, here we, we've got, you know, these polyharmonies here, we've got this, like, I'm, I'm, I'm hearing it, you know, through different lenses, but I can still sit there and go, okay, you know, I'm back to you comes on, I'm up and I'm dancing. Like I just am, you know, and, and I'm paying attention to the lyrics and it's not making me sit down. So I, I think that, you know, it sounds like as you guys move forward, you know, you're, you're going to sort of land where you land. And then there are going to be songs like this new one that, that are not lighthearted and that are more serious and that's just fine, you know, and that does what it's meant to do. And look, I mean, you know, you go out to watch a band and I mean, I've been in, in, in that situation before where, you know, everybody's up, everybody's dancing. And then you bring out a song that you love and that's when people go pee get a smoke, get a drink, yeah. you know, like you almost kind of need those, you know, and then everybody comes back. There's a, there's a limit to how much you can be out there, you know, without a break. So I don't know. I, I, as somebody who's listening to it at home, so to speak, I have a different take on it. And I think that, that, you know, given the community that we're part of, you know, Justin, especially you, you know, being the one on social media, there's a huge market for that too. It's just not, they're not the ones going to your live shows. So yeah, I know. <laughs> that makes it a little trickier. So, but, um, our but, friends on Facebook are on the East coast. Or I know you just, you, or, you got to move. That's all. <laughs> nope. You just got to, you got to do your national tour, but, uh, but because I know that you guys need to wrap up fairly soon. Um, I just wanted to mention quickly, you, you know, you do play out a fair amount. Um, you know, or is that going to kind of continue to be, yes, Okay. We, we try to play at least one show a month, sometimes two. Yeah. Um, we're going to take a little bit of break for Christmas and then Fair. <laughs> work on getting ready for the studio in January. But I'm going to book a studio. I'm going to book a show in January anyway. Yeah, so, why the hell not? <laughs> yeah. It'll probably be a state social house or a favorite. Or, mm -hmm. Yeah. That's, that's a cool place we play on Sunset. Yeah. Well, and I mean, and you guys, I mean, you, you, you've also, uh, we should mention, you guys did the Viper Room at some yeah. point, right? We played the and Viper House of Blues, uh, and yeah, you, so you played, the played some. Three times we played House of Blues, we played Whiskey Go Go. Yeah, we big tried venues. to hit all the big spots. That's yeah, it. So. That's it. You popped all the right cherries there. No, did so the I mean. Whiskey, the whiskey. The whiskey was great. We had, yeah. It was cool because we got our own dressing room up there. And you get to see like everyone who's signed the wall since the 60s. Oh, wow. And okay. Then, but you got to sell tickets for those kind of shows. So, I mean, it's. Yeah. No, we <laughs> we talked to so Bryce we Evans about that. Movies. And they were, were like, yeah, so okay. We <laughs> that wanted to come. We had to turn people down. That's what you want. That's yeah, what you, you know. Want. You want that. You want you want there to be standing room only, and then people crying outside the door. <laughs> That's what it was. That's what it was like. <laughs> there Tears you know. everywhere. <laughs> Tears everywhere. And Justin, you didn't even have to write anything to make them sad. They were just no. crying. <laughs> Look at that. So I I just wanted to ask you, you know, um, before we do start to wrap up, because what you have Justin like about twenty minutes, right? Yeah, I can be as long as you like. Oh, now you tell me. <laughs> I'm enjoying this and I will stick around. Oh, okay. So so this was like when you have a date and you yes. tell your friend to like call you and be like, you know, oh, hey, when I, and then you can either stay or go. So now I've earned the time. Okay, well, now we've blown through everything. But all right. So I did want to ask you because we've t obviously we talked about it a little bit, but 
you know, in terms of not only influences, but what do you guys listen to? What did you listen to? What do you listen to? What kind of music besides your own turns you on in general? Whoever wants to take it first. Radiohead, Wilco, and Fish. Those Radiohead. are my top three. Those are my top three. Wilco and Fish. Okay. Those are my top three. All right. So I so listen to everything, though. I listen to Tool. I listen to, uh, like, what, Johnny Cash? I mean, it's like, you know, I, I'm all over the place. But top three are Radiohead, Fish, and Wilco. Okay, so so I mean, besides just the fact that they're good bands, like what about those specifically? Because I, I know we know Fish, you know Fish. Right, that's yeah. improvisation. Wilco is the is the is the songwriting, the like the honesty that attracts me to it. Okay, and Radiohead is just I mean, like, are you kidding? That fucking band, like, who can even think about comparing to that fucking band? <laughs> <laughs> um, my bass player is in love with you right now. That's Chris's favorite band. Yeah, and 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 that's another one where when you hear them live, you're not hearing the same thing over and over again. So you, no, you you're not. You do seem that does really seem to turn you on. Then, so you is there anybody by comparison that you are just bored to death by? Mumford and Sons. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> you came up with that pretty quickly. Yeah. Okay, so what about I, you, Rufus? Swinging your hair. What 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 are you listening to? What do you listen to? What kind of music turns you I, on? I am the oddball in the group. I every influence anyone's mentioned, I'm, I'm really not a fan of. I, I'm not. I don't. That's just. I I, I try to <laughs> not bring any '90s influence at all. Okay. I don't. I don't. Uh, I don't listen to the doors. I don't like fish. Uh, I don't like. <laughs> yes, I, 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 yes, the last fish show in Hollywood, you were hanging out with me in my box. I know. I was doing drugs and having fun at a fish show at the Hollywood Bowl. Nobody does drugs at a fish show. Stop putting that misconception out there. So, I mean. <laughs> okay, so you know, I like then. a party. I like a party atmosphere, of course. But, uh, you know, I, I haven't played rock music in like a, about 15 years. Okay. Uh, and I was in another band. I don't know. I was, well, I was in a, I just recently in the last three years started playing rock music again. Okay. Uh, what were you doing? I got into well, stuff like Angelo Badalamente, who does really thematic uh, scoring and Charles Mingus and Thelonious Monk. Okay. I did a lot of jazz fusion and I would take, I guess towards the end of the that that period, I was it, it was a lot of fusion. It wasn't such straight jazz. The last, so it would take um, Miles Davis tune, okay. take a section of it, okay. smash it up against a Holland Oates tune, and no with an shit. instrumental, with it a with a, a piece of original music in the middle, and go through the. I was like, I play a fair amount of of finger picked guitar. Okay. Um, I recently, and it's always a back burner project to have an electronic, uh, bass and vocal and looping du duo with somebody. Okay. Uh, and I, I, I just want to shout so, that out too. You might as well. You're welcome to, I, you don't have to. No. Okay. <laughs> this is prompt. This is all recently got a restraining order against each other. Yeah. Good for them. Like I said, the, the, <laughs> The friction helps the music. That's good. So I <laughs> mean, I, I just found stuff. myself. I just found myself right now. I'm in, I'm doing rock music. 
but okay. I like in rock music. I like I like the Jesus Lizard. I like noisy angular stuff. I like anything Mike Watt is in, and I drag these guys to one of his project shows. Um, I like I get too purist in the in the in the uh, the in in the post rock indie scene that that kind of inhibits inhibits me from enjoying things freely well when you say that to purist how do you mean um i just need to get get over things and listen to people without uh considering um i just need to let some shit go and and open up okay i'll put that on me I'll so rather rather than wanting it to sound a certain way or do a certain thing, you just want to take it for what it is. Is that kind of the? Yeah, I need to. Yeah, okay. Yeah, if there's a lot of pomp around a, a band that's popular, mm. a lot of hype, I generally will avoid. Just the based way. on that, yeah, and I get burned way. all the time. I get yeah. burned on like, you know, I I ignore pop music. I, I've always ignored pop music, and somehow, like, so I got these like tickets to a Greta Van Fleet show that were sold out and I got a ticket. So I'm like, well, I've heard of the band. I've, and I'm like, okay, I'll show up. And I show up like, this is why I don't go to shit like this. (laughs) (laughs) Cause you know, you're like, I opened up my heart and I trusted for a minute and I got shanked. Yeah. I imagine I showed up and there's no chick named Greta in this band. (laughs) And there's just a bunch of little boys thinking they're in a seventies band. Oh, no. I'm like, this is stupid. This is stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so it's, I guess You're I've always had Greta. To, That's great. I've, I, I genuinely. Oh boy. Cause I, you know, I, I, I generally you, you get tickets to a Florence and the machine show. Don't be looking. There's for no, the Flo- machine. <laughs> there's no machine. There's no there's machine. There's a Florence, but there's no machine. <laughs> there's not like a robot that comes out on stage and like, you know, does, does backing uh, harmonies or whatever, but yeah. Okay. So, you so know. I'm always anti, I mean, I mean, that was, it's less would have said I'm the anti-pop. Okay. Okay. That's so you, so I'm hearing a lot of what you don't like. I heard some jazz. I heard a lot of fusion. I heard. So are there are there even people that I probably wouldn't even know or things that you really do like? Or are you more about synthesizing across Hall and Oates and Miles Davis, which I want to hear now like that? I, I don't know. I mean, I like I, I like old Billy Joel and I and I like uh, the, the, the I like the breeders i like uh let's i mean i like the first two burning brides albums but not the anything later and i loved cake who eventually became popular okay Okay, i love frank's i love frank zappa okay I could see that. Based on the little Frank I know is, you, I could see that. Frank is the fucking man. I keep sending Justin these like quotes ah. from him where he's like, I refuse to play a solo note for note. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I mean, and I, I try to always listen to, I've got Spotify. The only thing in my life I use Spotify for is to feed me fresh music that I do not, I'm not familiar with. Okay. And I've got it trained that to feed me exactly that. It's within my whatever they feed me is within my wheelhouse, but I haven't heard it. And I I uh I think I just don't want to listen to the same stuff over and over for 15, 20 years. I think sure. that's part of my okay. self mission is to always 
and I, as always, just digest a constant stream of consciousness of new influences. Okay. That I don't have to get, I don't have to K-hole into a band and listen to, you know, I only One. listen to Anthrax. Right. You know, I'm okay. still listening to Anthrax. <laughs> like I, well, I mean, do you find, cause you know, the, and it's, I think it's always the perception for, you know, any generation that, you know, the current music is shit and there's nothing good, but it sounds like you're not having trouble I'm, finding I won't do that. I won't do that. I, I'm deliberately not going to like fall into that trap. Well, I mean, the the the, the re reality of it is that every single generation of music, genre of music, you know, it, it, there's great stuff and there's absolute shit. Like, there's no, <laughs> there's yeah. there's no decade, there's no genre that's exempt from that anyway. So it's kind of you know, people will say like, oh, well, you know, they'll pull up Beatles lyrics and then they'll pull up Cardi B lyrics and be like, music then and music now, and it's like, yeah, you could pull up shitty lyrics, you know, from yeah. you know, tiptoe through. The tulips and then you could <laughs> sit there and people and, want people want familiarity right and once mm -hmm. you know what you like you want to sit there mm -hmm. and you know it's it's always pop music that keeps changing but mm -hmm. jazz never stopped blues never stopped uh mm -hmm. you know straight ahead rock and roll never stopped and hip-hop didn't stop uh, you know so that, that'll always be there and there's always going to be people putting out good stuff right and, okay, it's, so and there's constant new, new fuses novelty and new ideas and and not getting stuck in any one thing so whatever it yeah. is that's the thing okay all right that's that's yeah that's very different from you know most people will have you know like the album and the t-shirt and the poster and you're just like nope yeah. <laughs> as long as it's not Greta Van Fleet you're okay but okay Justin what about you I have the feeling your answer is going to be very different from from Rufus's. Yeah. <laughs> I'll start with my three favorite bands right now are Queens of the Stone Age, Arctic Monkeys, and Brian Jonestown Massacre. Okay, yeah, I do see you mention Brian Jonestown Massacre a fair bit, but okay, Queens of the Stone, yeah, Queens of the Stone Age. That's um, there's there's a lot going on there always. Um, but so what about because those are you know those are not those those are different enough from each other that what is it about those that uh, <laughs> that turn like, you on? I like the just the the intricate guitar work of Queens of the Stone Age and mm. I like the creepy harmonies and <laughs> just the spooky desert sound to it and then I like uh, how Arctic Monkeys have evolved from like a teeny bopper band back in the early 2000s to this they're almost like David Bowie now like Oh, okay. I, yeah, I, I haven't, I, I think I, I know the, the, the hits, you know, from back in the day, but I, okay. So that there are different. No, they've completely evolved and, and become very mature and like the music is phenomenal, I think. Okay. Better now than it has ever been. Okay. And I like watching bands that evolve like that and change their sound. Yeah. Like it's sort of like what the Beatles did turning from, they started as like in sync and then they ended up as beatles <laughs> you know <laughs> exactly oh, uh, yeah okay and, and brian jonestown massacre that's uh I like, I like how they're just completely uh doing their own thing and they don't have a label except for themselves and they've they go on world tours and it's just them running their own show it's right. impressive and i mean they uh, i started liking them from that documentary that came out 20 years ago called dig <laughs> okay and All right, so you've been you have a fan a long time then, okay. Yeah. But I mean, they started off as these horrible people, <laughs> just incredibly immature and selfish and self-centered, and 
and just it, but the music has lasted and they've just become kind of their own institution okay see it's it's cool because the band's well, or what you do and don't like each of you is really reflective of kind of a personality philosophy, right? Because Nima likes all the stuff that is constantly, you know, it's, it's, it is its thing, but it changes all the time. And Justin's gone and, and, <laughs> you know, Nima, you like shit that, that, that does not stay static. Sure. And like new sounds. That's why I like Radiohead because right. it's just like stuff that, you know, it's not your, look, that's why I don't like blues. Because it's just, it's so predictable. I see. You don't, you don't, they, I guess that you can say this. Predictability, predictability is disappointing to me in music. Okay. Well, and that makes sense too, because you said that the new sounds from Fish were what lit up your brain in the first place. Totally. And then exactly. Fish is a fan of just the new and the not particularly popular um, and the not pablum. And then Justin likes the stuff that is saying something um and also you know can be more than one thing at a time so that that really is pretty much what you guys are bringing to pronghorns okay. all right so but listen before i let you guys go um we do like to end every episode with a little segment that we call in the vox seat yes. so i have asked every single musician that i have interviewed on this show the same five questions um one of them people tend to hate and the last question has become um, a whole thing. <laughs> and we'll talk about that when we get there, but let's start, let's start with the first one. So for each of you, if you each had to describe Pronghorn's music in five words or less, what would you say? Why don't we start with the lyricist? What do you think, Justin? Ooh, Rufus is taking an exam. Look at this. <laughs> Holy shit. With a little pretty pencil and everything. Okay. All right. <laughs> what do you think, Justin? Five words or less. Uh, funky, ethereal, experience-based. That's a hyphen. Rock. Okay. <laughs> funky, ethereal, experience-based rock. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to give you all of that. Okay, you get another word if you want it, because experience-based oh. is a hyphenate. Oh, I can. Mm. Mm -hmm. You don't have to. I love Rufus. Rufus, I feel like, is taking the SAT right now. This is great. I know. He's, I hope that's a smelly marker. That's a tough-ass question. It know, is a tough, tough, and this isn't even the one that people hate. Although you guys might not hate that one. Mm -hmm. So, all right. So, what do you think? You got another word, Justin? Or are you satisfied with that? I'm satisfied. I would be. It's pretty encompassing. Okay, look at you. Just economy of words. All right, Rufus, am I going to you because you have your final Jeopardy question all written out? Is it in the form of a question? What is? I have. Uh, well, I mean, the the I have an I have the easy answer, and I have the first thing that came to mind, which is always usually the most honest. I want. I want the, both. The What's easy answer. The, the easy answer. Make you move your ass. Okay. But. What the? Oh, that's but, why we were writing because there were five but, words. But uh, <laughs> but what I really wanted to say was eat a chili sandwich. Eat a chili sandwich. That's four words. You know what? It's know, funny so. because you, you you wanted Dustin to lighten up lyrically, and then you drop some deep fucking shit like eat a chili sandwich, Rufus. It feels hypocritical to me. Um, eat a chili sandwich. I think I call it I call it duplicity. There you go. And and. Well, be between, how about between dignity 
and no shame. How about that? We've got five more words. We can do that. You too. know, that, that summed me up. That summed me up. <laughs> You're going to think about that. I'm, I'm glad I could provide that. I like it. No, because it, that is that is a little brain nugget for me to chew on later. I, I do appreciate that. But okay, I'm going to go with eat a chili sandwich. That's it. Thank you. Know, you. The, yeah, that's, a, that's the one. All right, Nima, this is it. I know you don't like to be constrained in any way, but you do have to come up with five words. I'll say honest. Okay. Um, experimental. Okay. Ooh. Um, gritty. Mm. Um, <laughs> that's all I got. Okay. <laughs> no, that look, Nima coming I in got. clutch. I like that's all I got. <laughs> we'll hyphenate that that's one all too. I got. Okay, you know, I, I, it, it is, it doesn't have quite the gravitas of the chili sandwich, but I it will, I, um, I, I will, I will accept it. No, but you know, and one of the things that I love about asking that question is that it's always cool for me to watch the the members of the band when there's more than one hear the way that each other describes the music. And Justin, your face when, when Nima especially was giving his was like, I love that because, you know, you, you're in a band and you don't necessarily talk about shit like that, right? The band just sort of becomes what it is and it keeps becoming what it is. And so to actually have to sit down and codify that in some way is, is an unusual thing. But uh, th that that's my payoff is because I'm always interested to hear it. But I, I your, your things like your reaction always make me happy with that question, Justin. So, OK, so for now, each of you, your favorite thing about being a musician. You're hanging out at bars at night, uh, being part of the band. <laughs> okay, rock star. Yeah. Well, you know what? That 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 actually fits with little five-year-old you. Just you know, because you were in the milieu of the of the rock world, even though your parents seem to be a little more square in that way. Um, and you know, and and now you're doing it. Now you have what you wanted. You're a rock star, even though it's not rock, but you know what I mean. <laughs> Okay, so so getting to hang out in bars and, and be in a band. All right, who's taking it next? Justin, Nima? Yeah, my favorite thing is just how these guys bring my songs to life. And mm. it starts as an idea, like me just driving around humming something in my head. <laughs> and then a couple months later, it's something we're completely rocking on a stage. I yeah, love that's that. Very cool. No, that's awesome. Okay, all right, great answer. Nima? What's the question? <laughs> He doesn't listen to the Good lyrics, answer. people. He Good does not. That's it. Yeah, that's it. You. That's your answer now. Um, it, it is. What is your favorite thing about being a musician? Being able listening. to express myself. Okay. All right. Now, and you mean? Um, yeah. Okay. I mean, like, I again, I, I, I can't stress enough how many effects and stuff I use, and like, I can kind of like those sounds that I'm producing are things that are up in my head. Mm -hmm. So being able to get that weird, crazy fucking shit out. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It's pretty good. It's like, it's, it's, it's cleansing, if you would. <laughs> you know? No, it's, like, it's it, I, a hundred, because when I interviewed Anger Overdose, Ambrose, their, their lead guitarist said. Not being able to make the things in your head sound as good mm -hmm. out of your head. So being that's able to do that would absolutely be a favorite thing. I think that that's that, the that's, only thing that, what else is there here? Why are we doing this? Right, right. Well, not everybody has things in their head that are as difficult to get out, Nima. 
Oh man. Some I, people just have twinkle twinkle up here. You gotta I, keep that in mind. Not, I mean I guess I'm jealous maybe, but that that's gotta be weird too. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> yeah I, I don't know that that would be a headspace I'd want to inhabit right? either. But Twinkle, okay, so but then, yeah, so then yeah, yeah. Since, since I've already revealed it, then the next question is for each of you: Delusional. your least favorite thing about being a musician? <laughs> Carrying my effect pedals to the damn show, setting up, and packing it and taking it home. I, yeah. Totally fair. Usually, it's the drummer that says that, but I, 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 I will take that. Okay, so load in, load out, set up, breakdown. All right. Of course. Justin. Least favorite thing. I spent about two and a half hours in traffic just going to rehearsal on Sunday nights because we live far away from each other. So okay. It's the logistics kind of suck, but it, it's worth it to, to make the project happen. Okay. All right. So we so. have two logistical answers then, basically. All right. Rufus, is it not having <laughs> a girl named Greta when you get there? Ooh. <laughs> There's no negative to being a musician. Okay. Fair point. Not everyone has to have an answer. Literally nothing. There's no negative. There's no negative. Okay. Yeah, even my negative is is time alone in the car to find inner peace. Well, I will back I will double down on mine and say how much I despise the load in and load out. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So Nima hates it enough for both of It's just like it makes me want to literally like quit the band every time. I'm like, why am I fucking doing this? <laughs> Nima really doesn't like it, folks. We're not fucking I mean, around someone here. Someone get me a roadie, please. We really need to get a roadie at this point. But what happens when you say, Okay, just bring less shit? Oh. Well, well then we go yeah. back to this. We have talked about this earlier. Then we can regress back to the old sound. Well, yeah. you, you get a little. You get the, You what you like, have to do. The new psychedelic weird sound. I need all that shit. Yeah, we need all that stuff. You Even could like yourself. you could steal and sell nuclear secrets to get a dough to buy a little box that does all those things and is easy to carry. Right. It's not as good as the original effects. So you think I don't know that there's an all-in-one effect panel out there, bro? I bring the original for a reason. No, I think you're missing the point about about acquiring and selling nuclear secrets. That's very true. I absolutely <laughs> am missing that aspect. And now it. we know what the the lyrics for Justin's next song are going to be. So <laughs> there you have it. But oh, okay. So this this is the one that 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 people tend to be mad at me for if they're going to be mad at all. So. For each of you, if you had to pick just one album to listen to, and Rufus is already not going to answer this one, I'm sure, for the rest of your life, what album would you choose and why? Can we go two albums? No, I said one, motherfucker. It's one. <laughs> one <laughs> album. That's it. You get one. Just one. I know. It's uh, hard. The White Album. The White Album. Okay, tell me why. It's the White Album. Are you kidding me? Well, I know that, <laughs> but like, like, but, you, but you know what though? Given given everything else that you've said about you know your your musical you know um, preferences, I might not well, have expected that one. The great Beatles are the best fucking songwriters of all time. They almost ruin songs in general, and that's just like it's a ridiculous album. That's okay. just, I mean. But I get, a, I got, I got a couple more immediately right behind, but I won't give them because you don't want them. Well, let me. I we're gonna give you that as your answer, but I'm curious. Tell me what the other ones you were considering are. Kid A by Radiohead. Okay. And then Songs in the Key of Life would be the other one by Stevie Wonder. Okay. 
Another just like you can't fuck with a great song. This one's songs are just ridiculous. Yeah. Okay. I'm not mad at any of those. Okay, but going for just one, we're going with the white album. Okay, very cool. Yeah. All right, Justin. Hmm. I'll pick uh, AM by Arctic Monkeys. Okay. Love every song that album. Love every song. Okay. That's it. All right. That's it. What about Rufus? Well, no, I mean like that's the only that's Uh-oh. the reason. It's just he loves every song yes. on the album. That's the reason. All right. All right. Rufus, yeah. do you even have an answer for me? Well, so if I only get to listen to one album for the longest for the until the you know, for all through uh, Purgatory and Damnation, I'm gonna say that uh there's an album I've never listened to before by a band I've never heard of. Called what? uh that's called insanity. the Bull. It's it's called the Bull of Heaven, and uh, it's got. And at the time, it was the longest running album, like lo- longest recorded length, right, ever. So with that, I would have to choose it because I would one a get brand new music, and b it's long enough that um, it would I would have a lot of fresh things to listen to, so I would get tired of it as quickly, and. Like any, you know, you can have a favorite band and then they release an album. I remember when I, I remember in the nineties listening to widespread panic and like space wrangler era, early, early widespread panic. And I remember when uh, bombs and butterflies came out, I was like, I, I wanted to write, th- I wanted to write them a letter about how much I felt that new album was such a terrible departure. But now decades later, Decades later, I now group it with Space Wrangler as the good early shit. Oh, that's but, interesting. So, okay. do you ever have a band release an album and at first you're like, "What the fuck are they doing?" Yes, and, but and it grows on you. Like, oh, it those grows were on you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, so okay. I would choose that uh, the long, you know, an album I haven't heard by a band I've never heard because it's so long. If I had to listen to What's it for the, eternity, I, I, I would. I it. What was it? What's the band? It's oh, called yeah. it's called the Bull of Heaven. That's all you need to the look Bull up. The Bull of Heaven. That's yep. the band name and the title. Apparently, C- Clayton Counts and Neil Keener are the two music musicians. Wow! As Bull of Heaven. Is that B U L L or B O W L? Like a bull. Like a no. Or yeah, it's a male cow. Bull of, heaven. Oh, a bull of heaven, not a bull. I got it. <laughs> I no, got bowl of heaven sounds like a bad Panera tagline or something. So, bull yeah. of heaven is at least a little more. Okay. So, put it this way: it's on YouTube in three parts, and part and part three alone is eleven hours long. Holy fuck! Okay, well, so, a- so if I'm on a desert island, man, I've got all the music to listen to. It's all fresh. And just like uh, any say. new album, is it on Spotify? just like any new album, I will get to learn to love it. Is because it on I have, Spotify? Um, uh, yo no say. I just looked <laughs> at Rufus is their manager now. So we're going to just be coming to him for all the information <laughs> about. Our show is going to be Bowl of heaven. from Heaven in its entirety. You guys better not miss our next show. <laughs> they're, they're gonna I mean, do a play the album and it is bull of heaven in its entirety that's right. it, is a, it is a six week long gig that's it and then the pencil there we go holy shit okay subverting all expectations um we have never ever had nor i do think will we ever again 
someone choose an album they've never heard by a band they've never heard of before, but it it is in complete harmony with your ethos as a human being, Rufus. So I'm I'm okay. Bowl of heaven. I think we all have some homework to do um, after this, but I do have one more question for you. Um, I'm a little afraid to ask it at this point, given the band. <laughs> but this is the one that now give me a second here. I have to calm the audience that is watching this now because Freaky Things is um, apoplectic about the fact that he likes you guys and does not want you to fuck up this answer. Um, and Dom from Jamsteak is, you know, waiting to hear if someone will finally agree with him again. But this is the question. Rufus, I, I'm really terrified of what you're going to say. <laughs> I really am. This is, this is, done this his is, job. Good job, Rufus. Rufus broken. Done, He's broken me. Once again, He's broken. you have provided. <laughs> broken me. Um, but all right, here it is. Okay. The, your toilet paper. When you put it on the holder, if you do, does it come from over the top? Does it come from under the bottom? And why? Justin, I'm I start use with wet you. wipes. Are you fucking kidding me? Why would I not use wet wipes? Nima, Who doesn't you are use a, wet wipes? You are a wet wiper. Okay. Damn right. That shit I comes out in one way. Okay. There's I'm, no backwards or nothing. But if you want to, to play along here, of course, it's the front. Over. Nobody rules. It's the back is just not Okay, right. but no, no. We are, we, we are, um, we are inclusive of all toilet but they're paper wrong. orientations but some are right here. and others are wrong. So and even we, if you we, look at the directions on a toilet paper, it'll tell you how it's supposed to be put on there. People just neglect to read. Okay, but but you <laughs> but you the front. but you are a wet wipe guy. So we are yeah, putting right. you we are putting you in the other category. So we will not count that. And freaky, don't be mad at me, but we will not count that as an over because he is a wet wipe guy. So okay, we have one other. Justin, I'm going to go to you because I've got to save Rufus for last. <laughs> I'm going to say Rufus over. Dump. When was the last time Rufus dumped? He eats the perfect oh, amount. <laughs> Justin, go. <laughs> what is it, Justin? Tell me. I'm going to say over because that's the most enjoyable way for the cats to un unroll the entire thing. And okay. I come into the bathroom just about every day, and we have three cats here, and they just tear the entire thing off the wall. And okay. Very happy. So you are an over for your cats. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. So we have an other and we have an over. Rufus, are you going to surprise me now by just being boring about this? Or do we have some sort of, I Holy don't, shit, I don't truck in space and time. And I, I use some sort of loofah on a stick, but I use something <laughs> different every time. Or like, what is, what is your answer to the TP situation? Well, what 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 do I do? I don't. So I I have people who do that. I don't do that. I don't put. I don't have to fill the toilet paper. I don't. So there's people who do that. I told you. And so so that's one. Two, <laughs> two. If I was going to do it, yes. what makes the most what makes the most sense to me is to go over so it's further from the wall so your hand can get behind it. Okay. Uh, based strictly for pragmatic reasons. Now. You know, and and if someone was obvious, inversely, it's a good thing to do to somebody else to like flip it around on them so it sticks against the wall, and they have to reach for it more. So there, I like the 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 potential hijinks there on a subtle level. Um, yeah. Did you guys That's notice in the chat? Greg says that that album is six months long. Oh, okay. So, so Greg has uh, looked up your your favorite, your, your lifetime album that now. That album is six months long so we're yes. definitely doing it live next week 
So clearly, <laughs> if I'm stuck on a desert yeah, island, I, I, I've got I've got all the jams. Yeah, you got six months of music. You're, months you're set. You're so set. It's not on Spotify. Who's gonna? I want to hear this shit. <laughs> We're gonna see. Bull of Heaven is gonna see a huge spike in their Spotify I or mean, whatever. Right no. now. They're, they're We're hoping it would have been Okay, but, but wait. So now, so Rufus, are we? We are. We have three different answers from you, which seems again fitting. So we have the, we have the uh, you have people for this, which is again very rock star. Um, we have poopies, not groupies, but so we've got we've got people who do this for you. Then yeah. we've got over because you and and this is a a a, a common refrain: the keep it away from the wall thing. Um, and I really never thought about the wall as being such a, a a a disgusting thing that people needed to keep their it's not a disgusting it's not it's for disgusting hand. okay because some people just, there's just, a space just scoop it and pull it now okay and the, the other answer is at, at my main the main toilet in my house the, the one you know the main bathroom it doesn't sit on a holder it just sits next to you and you have to pick up the entire roll take off what you want and tear it off and set it back down it's not right. even on a holder so given your druthers then Given all of these possibilities, if if you you know, TP roll to the head had to answer, what would you say? Is it is it just pick it up and hold it? Is it over? Is it under? Is it neither? Where where are you going? What are you gonna? You have to make a firm commitment here on what you feel in your soul. Uh, in my soul, well, as uh, much as I love, I have people that do that for me. I, I don't need to load the toilet paper. <laughs> uh, you know. If I found myself living in a in, in a shack in a van down by the river, it would just sit. It would just sit there. Okay. All right. So I'm gonna I'm gonna put Rufus in the other category as well. All right. So we have two others and an over. Yeah, All right. This is. So so Nima's phone is back in the fridge, but uh, okay. So there you go. You guys have survived the box seat. Um, Listen, guys, this was a blast. Um, I I I'm so sad that the rest of my day is going to be spent listening to like the first part of the first section of the first half of the first song by Bull of Heaven now. Um, but that's apparently what I'm going to be doing with my life once we're done. But um, guys, listen, you know, they are they are doing quite well already on social media, but they could be doing even better. So please go look up Pronghorn, like, follow, subscribe, do all the things. They are on all sorts of platforms. Go get them on Insta too, because like today, they just dropped something that is only there. So you've got to follow them everywhere to get the full picture, okay? And uh, we will be looking out for the releases of everything that you're doing in the studio in January. Right. <laughs> Rufus is just going to menacingly chew at us now. <laughs> this, is, this is where we are as a people. Oh, my gosh. Okay, guys, thank you again <laughs> for being on this show. As fucking weird as it was, I had a really good time. I hope you did, too. Thank you. <laughs> you're very welcome. You, and I hope you learned something today. I feel like I did, even if it's just um, prepare more for Rufus the next time I speak to him. Um, but and listen, guys, thank you. That's another boxing guest in the books. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye.